We finally started going to a church in, we moved to the Dallas area, which is where we still are. And we started attending an amazing church with a pastor who walked through scripture in such a beautiful way, teaching the truths of God's word in very clear and understandable ways and threading all of scripture together so that I could understand the Old Testament in light of the New Testament, so that I could understand the law of God in light of Christ and the grace of God. And as soon as I started to see these truths about who he was, it brought freedom. And I remember thinking, how come everybody doesn't know this? You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, Altered Stories show listeners. This is your chief storyteller host, Michelle Saunders Gutch, also known as Michelle Gutch. And welcome to my episode 83, Jody's Discovering Grace and Learning to Live in Freedom, God's Story. And thank you for listening to my show that helps Christian women share their God stories so women around the world can hear them and be healed from brokenness. My show is also part of the Spark Media Edify Podcast Network and can also be heard on the Edify app. And friends, I hope all is well. And I am so excited today to share with you Something very exciting that just recently happened to the Altered Story Show. And that is that we were featured in the Christian Post, um, along with the five other really amazing podcasts, um, as a podcast to listen to for faith inspiration. And um, the focus on that is to women. Um, And so... That was very, very exciting, and um, God is just continuing to bless us as we grow, and now we're in 52 countries. So go, God, go, uh, all the women that have blessed us and come on the show without their stories and their courage and bravery to share, um, we wouldn't even have the podcast. Uh, so this is incredible. Um, And so I wanted to share that. Um, Anyway, moving forward, I also am excited to bring to the mic today my special guest, Jody Nisnik. And I was blessed to meet this lovely lady at the Spark NRB Media Conference in Nashville in early March of this year. I'm going to share a few words about her friends. Uh, You're going to really want to get to know this lady. She's amazing. And um, she is a graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary, helps people create space for God in their lives through her scripture meditation podcast. This is incredible, I think. Um, And she also equips them to take another step with Jesus through her studies and teaching. And that's powerful, friends. It's really powerful. She's also a wife a mom of two adult daughters, and a Yorkie poo. So let's get to know her better. Hello, Jody. How are you doing? 
I am wonderful. And I'm so glad to get to have this conversation with you and your listeners today. Well, we're glad to have you. And, you know, Charity, I don't know if you will realize that your name in Hebrew means praised. What do you think about that? Isn't that awesome? It is amazing. And I'm not sure I knew that. My, I knew that my mom and dad named me Jody just because they liked the name. And I was not raised in a Christian home. And so I've always been a little disappointed that there wasn't more meaning behind it. And that is just the most delightful thing that you have told me right now. And I love that because there is no one who deserves praise more than our creator. And so to have my name have that implication in it is just really a precious gift. Well, I wanted to share that with you because I thought it was awesome. I shared a few words about you, Jody, and I would love to know if there's anything else you'd like to share about yourself on a personal note that I haven't. And, you know, feel free to share anything related to like your career, books, hobbies, anything like that. So, I mean, I know everybody wants me to jump into the story, okay? And the story and the God story. But I also think it's really a cool time for my listeners to get to know who you are because you have your own ministry and, you know, there's a lot of things that you're going to be sharing today. So I think it's really helpful to have the backstory sometimes of people and who they are and where they're at. So do you mind sharing? I'd love to share. (laughs) Well, there's a couple of things that come to mind. I worked on a pastoral team at a very large church in the Dallas area for 12 years. And just recently, the Lord led me away from that and to doing some things uh, with him on my own. And it has felt a little bit like jumping off a cliff. Uh, As we all know, starting new things feel like that. They feel risky um, and there's a huge learning curve. And so that's the space that I have been in uh, these last months to a year. And, but God's timing, as we always know, is right on time because my, both of my daughters have gotten engaged and are getting married this summer. So to have been navigating the very full-time workload that pastors do to care for people and just all of the work of ministry, even though I was one of many pastors on a team, um, it was just a very demanding job. And I feel like the Lord, well, I know the Lord knew what was coming. And so it has given me some space to really be present with my family a little bit more, um, to just love and celebrate my daughters as they move into this amazing next phase of their life. And um, so that's that's some of the stuff that I have been doing uh, lately anyway. That is a lot, Jody. <laughs> um, are they both planners? Are you the planner? Or do they have wedding planners? Or? Well, one of them is a planner and one of them is not necessarily a planner. (laughs) So, and they're very different. Both of their personalities are very different. The kinds of weddings they're going to want or they're having are very different, but they are getting married six weeks apart. And that's challenge (laughs) because I, I really want to focus on each of them and celebrate them well. And that's been my prayer in this season is Lord, help me 
not to blend it all together, but to really just savor each daughter and each experience and to let them be a reflection of who they are um, and to kind of lay my desires and expectations aside. Um, So yes, one of them, the one who's getting married first, uh, she's nearly done planning. Um, The one who's getting married second, she is having a shorter engagement and um, and so she's, she's in the throes of planning right now. Oh my gosh. So are they in different states? They are. One of them is they're both getting married in different states too. They're both driving distance from, I live in the Dallas area. So one is getting married in Oklahoma city. That's about a three and a half hour drive. And one's getting married in Fayetteville, Arkansas, which is about a six ish hour drive. So they're both, you can get up there in an afternoon if you have to, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, that's, I would, I want them to be like next door to me. Right. Doesn't that everyone's dream that you, you know, get to have everybody, all, all the little chick, chicks and then close to the nest, not in the nest anymore. It's time for an empty nest, but close to the nest. And so they are settling in those States and, and we're glad that they're close enough that we can get there. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. That's uh, really exciting. It's such an exciting time for you in your family and these girls. And I'll look forward to, I don't know if you use Facebook all that much or if you'll be posting any pictures of the weddings, but I sure would look forward to seeing those because you're beaming right now as a future mother of the bride. So it's going to be an exciting time. So anyway, well, Jody, you know, I love sharing Christian women's transformational God stories. And, you know, today you're going to be sharing your God story. I know you have many and uh, you have one particular one around grace and discovering and how to walk in freedom that, um, we talked about you sharing. And one of the things I always ask people, and you're being a former pastor, and you know, I would love to hear your perspective on why you think it's important for others to share their God stories. Well, I think it's incredibly encouraging to hear what God is doing in other people's lives. It it it's in, not only is it inspiring, but especially when we see others come out, especially valley seasons, coming out the other side of those valley season, it gives us the courage to persevere and to keep going, to trust God because we've seen his character in other people's lives. And we know our journeys won't end the same or be the same, but we know that we are looking toward the same good God. And so for me, when I hear other people's God stories, it really just helps me continue to be tethered to him as the source of my hope and to really trust that he is good, that he is working and that he will carry me through whatever it is that we're in the midst of. Yes, that's very, very powerful too. And I really appreciate your perspective on that. I just love hearing every guest perspective and everyone has a different bent on it. I just love to hear it. And I know God loves them. So that's important too, right? So anyway, so uh, moving on now, I think it's time that we 
have you share your discovering grace and learning to live in freedom God's story. So, Jody, where does your God story begin? Well, my God story begins with me at 13 years old. And I was raised, as I said already, I was raised in a non-Christian home. It was not a bad home. Um, it was actually a very good home, but um, but God was not a part of it. And when I went to summer camp, I had the incredible privilege of going to this all-girls summer camp in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And it was there that I heard the gospel for the first time. And I didn't have to hear it twice. I knew it was exactly what I had been looking for. As a 13-year-old girl, I had really struggled, lived a lot of life that uh, really for anyone, but especially for a 13-year-old. And uh, as soon as I heard about Jesus, I knew I wanted a relationship with him. You know, they say we have that God-shaped hole in our soul, and it is just longing to be filled with, with God. And when I heard about it, I knew that's what I wanted. So I became a believer that night around a campfire, and then I went home. I had an amazing summer and I went home. And this is before the internet and all of those good things. So there were no Bibles and there was no way for me to know who God was. There was no way for me to get to church. There was no community or, um, or like I said, there was just no way for me to know him. And so what I did is I figured out what I thought God was like. And that's a bad idea <laughs> because in my mind, God was always upset with me. Very, He was a very disappointed God because I could not follow the rules, which of course I was making them all up anyway. And, um, and I just figured that he had forgiven me and saved me. But as soon as I messed up, he was like, oh, there you go again. I'm done with you. And then I would, I, I went into this very, weird relationship with him, begging him, please take me back. I'll be better. And, you know, of course I'm a human and I'm a young girl and I'm, you know, always messing up according to whatever the standards I've set for myself are. And, um, and so it just was a very tumultuous relationship where I felt no security and no love. Uh, it wasn't until I went away to college that I really started to invest in my relationship with God by joining a small group and being with and joining a church and starting to hear scripture taught to me, starting to understand more uh, what was going, you know, what the Bible actually said and who this God was that I worshiped and wanted to worship and wanted to be in relationship with. And so thankfully I did start to learn these things and I wanted, I wanted to be a Christian. I still, you know, was still figuring out what exactly that was, but I never wanted to give up on God, which was good, even though I thought he was giving up on me, which to be very, very clear, he wasn't ever, ever giving up on me. All of that was just my misconstrued ideas of who he was. We finally started going to a church in, we moved to the Dallas area, which is where we still are. And we started attending an amazing church with a pastor who walked through scripture in such a beautiful way, 
teaching the truths of God's word in very clear and understandable ways and threading all of scripture together so that I could understand the Old Testament in light of the New Testament so that I could understand the law of God in light of Christ and the grace of God. And as soon as I started to see these truths about who he was, it brought freedom. And I remember thinking, how come everybody doesn't know this? How come everybody doesn't know that these arbitrary standards that we're setting for ourselves are arbitrary, first of all. Second of all, that when Christ died for us on the cross, he died for all the past sin, but also all the present and future sin. Because if you think about it logically, Christ died on the cross 2000 some years ago. Obviously, we had we weren't even born. So I could not have sinned yet because I didn't exist yet on the earth. And so it, he had to die for all of my sins even the ones I hadn't committed yet. So I started to understand that. And then it started to become a place of freedom where I wanted to live according to the standards that God was inviting me to, not because I was trying to earn something from him, not because I was trying to stay out of trouble from him, but because I actually loved him. And I believed that what he had was best for me. And I believed that, uh, that the, that kind of life would actually be much more fulfilling. I mean, and even Jesus says that. He says, I've come that you would have life and have it abundantly, that you would have it to the full. The fullest of life is actually found in our obedience to him. So we're, it, it flipped everything on its head for me. It wasn't be obedient to try and get something from God. It was be obedient because he's already done so much for you. And I wanted to live in that space because I loved him and I trusted him. You can pick up all the transformational moments through that journey that you had from performance-based to grace-based in your faith walk. You know, you can hear the different, you know, what changed, you know, which is really impacting. I mean, God, what's so amazing, Jody? I think a lot of people just have the difficult time is receiving the fact that God loves you so much. He, and we're made in his image and that all we have to do is believe that he paid the full price for our sins and that it's not earned. I mean, there's nothing we can do to earn it. It's a gift. It's given to us freely. The other piece is too, that Christ chooses us. I think that's sometimes hard to get your headspace around as well. He loves us so much and he gives us so, you know, so much space, you know what I mean? To be able to reach out to him or reasons and grace. He gives us tons and tons of grace. And I think a lot of people that I have been in contact with that struggle with the whole concept of grace, they think they're not good enough to, you know, be a Christian. They struggle in that space, you know, because of their past sins or not knowing how the Holy Spirit works and how he comes in and, you know, how we lean into him. And the Holy Spirit is powerful in our lives as believers and gives us, you know, the discernment and the strength because that's something Jesus left 
for us when he went to heaven and ascended after his death. And so I think a lot of people struggle in that area too, thinking, well, I can't, I keep messing up. I keep messing up. And so was there a scripture, you know, I think you and I have talked in the past and you've talked about Ephesians 2, 8, 9. That's right. Is that Okay. That's so, exactly where I was going to go. When you said, is there a scripture? I was like, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, of course. <laughs> yeah. So can you share a little bit more in, in um, that, you know, in that scripture that ministered to you and how it could minister to those that are listening to yeah, so Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And for me, this this is just one of those verses that I think encapsulates so much good theology that we can hang uh, truth on from there. So it's by grace that we've been saved through faith. It's not from yourselves. You didn't do anything and you can't do anything. And it is a gift of God. It is a gift given with no expectation of anything in return. It is a no strings attached gift. <laughs> and um, and it is not by works so that none of us can boast. And, you know, you were talking about there's so many of us that struggle with believing we're good enough or, um, you know, when we mess up over and over and over again. And I would say, gosh, if that's you, please listen to these words. You aren't good enough. None of us are good enough. And thankfully, we don't have to be because our God is good enough. Jesus' sacrifice is all sufficient. It is everything that we ever needed it to be and more. He's the only one who's lived a perfect, sinless life. And thankfully, we are not called to be Jesus. We are called to strive to look like Jesus and live in ways that exemplify what he's shown us to do. But if if you are trying to be good enough, then you're going about it all wrong. It's letting God be good enough for you. And so that is the first thing I would say, you know, and if you're caught in this perpetual place of sin and messing up and kind of stumbling and doing the same thing over and over again, I would say also, you are not alone. In fact, Paul says in scripture, why do I keep doing the things I don't want to do and the things that I want to do, I don't do. So Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, says he feels the same way that we do. So I would just say, you know, first of all, Find somebody that you can journey with. If you're stuck in a sin cycle, that is one of the tricks of the enemy is to keep us in the dark. And if we can bring things into the light with a trusted friend, and if you don't have a Christian friend, find a pastor, find a counselor, somebody that can receive what you are going through. Because as soon as you speak it out, I have found so much of the enemy's hold just is lost by not hiding it in that shameful dark place in our in our heart and believing if anybody ever knew this about me then nobody would you know people would think i'm a terrible person or whatever and guess what everybody struggles with sin and so <laughs> so those are two of the things that came to mind and uh yes there's Ephesians 2:8 and 9 write it down read it memorize it 
um, and, and just let it sink deeply into your soul. I have a question and please, if it's uncomfortable for you to answer this, you, you just tell me, okay. But a lot of how we relate to our, our heavenly father, Jesus, God, sometimes is how we relate and have in our earth with our earthly fathers. And so I, I guess that stronghold or that change has to take place in the lives of many, especially if you've had an authoritarian father, you know, a father that extra controlling or, you know, performance-based or their performance came from performance-based. I mean, I would just like to know, did, did you have a little of that in your background, which is why you were having a hard time or struggling a little bit when you were younger you know, or was that just the performance-based cultural, you know, influence? I, I, I'd like to get your perspective on that. Well, that's a, that's a great question. And I think we all bring father baggage into our relationship with God. We all have daddy issues because we are raised by imperfect fathers. Um, and my father had some good and some hard qualities to him. My parents got divorced when I was five. And so I was really raised in a home by my mom. So I didn't have probably the consistent interaction I needed to have with a male figure in that way. God was really kind though, and that he brought other men into my life to fill that father void. I, my mom got married to an amazing man who's still my stepfather when I was 13 years old. And so he came into my life. Um, so if that, you know, and, and we know at the ages of 13, 14, 15, 16 for girls, huge things are happening in their lives. And so I feel like God brought this consistent loving man to live in our home with us um, was just a huge gift for me developmentally. But, you know, to answer the question, did I bring that baggage in? Absolutely. Um, because I didn't really understand what a consistent loving father looked like. I mean, my dad was not a terrible man. He really wasn't. But it's just, I didn't have that consistent relationship with him. And I think the other thing too, that's really hard for us that a lot of us struggle with is this trying to understand the freely given grace is really difficult for us to wrap our heads around because nothing else in our world operates that way. Everything else operates under legalism, law. Yeah, I like to call it if then, right? So like it's, if I show up to work, then I will keep my job. If I do, if I show up to work, then I'll get my paycheck. So if I stop showing up to work, I'm probably going to lose my job. So that's that's kind of a very logical, if this happens, then this happens. And that's how most of our world is structured. And so I think it's really hard for us to take that out of this most important relationship in our lives to realize it's not if then, if I do this, then God loves me. If I do this, then I'll be blessed. No, those rules do not apply to your relationship with God. No matter what you do, he loves you. No matter what you do, he will bless you. Now, let's also say though, there are natural consequences. <laughs> so if we are terrible to people, 
we will have collateral damage of broken relationships all around us. God's not going to prevent those things from happening. There are natural consequences to sin. And, and you can extrapolate that in any way. But your relationship with God, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He never turns his back on you. When you come into a saving relationship with him, you are held firmly in the palm of his hand. Nothing can change that. That's the overwhelming, never-ending love of God. And, and it should. It should blow us away that somebody could love us that much, no matter what. Oh, I know. I just... um process this all the time and there's so many incredible songs out there worship songs of grace and you know just I mean it's something that I deal with on a regular basis and you know even now as a more mature believer in my life it's like for instance sometimes I get short-tempered and I'll say things and you know like you said, there's natural consequences that come with the tongue and things that we say. And, you know, and, and then you're not really leaning into the Holy Spirit or letting the Holy Spirit come through when you're walking in the flesh, right? And you say things that probably aren't really Christian in terms of, so, I mean, it's that battle, right, of flesh. And, you know, walking in the Holy Spirit leading and being all that God really wants and giving him glory through your actions and how you conduct yourself in your life. And so, you know, there's grace, right? So that's when you go, oh my gosh, God, here I am again. (laughs) How many times, how many times do you extend grace you know and i think as god probably just i can't imagine right now what he thinks of where things are in our world and just and he continues to give us grace because he wants more to come to him and more you know so he loves the worst 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 sinner uh i mean he does he hates the sin but he wants everyone to come into a relationship with him. And there and there will come a day when he will set all of these things that are terribly wrong right. And I do think it breaks his heart to see war and, uh, I mean, fighting the way that we're fighting, how we treat people, um, just all the systematic structural brokenness in our in our society and around the world. And I, and I do think he does, he gives grace upon grace upon grace because he's a long suffering God because he wants more and more people to know him. And yet there will come a day when he will come back and, and this will all be done. And that's why we need to know him. Yes. That's wonderful to say that. And yeah, I just, I don't know. People, will really, I think, when they're listening to this, be blessed beyond measure. Because I think so many need to hear this message. And it's just not, it's not, in my opinion, it's not shared enough. Um, Which is why I really wanted to bring you here today and have you share. And, you know, Jody, 
we all have to extend grace to others, right? And continue to have to do that, even in our marriages or, you know, in our workplaces with people in, you know, um, our relationships um, all the time. And would I, do you have a book out there or, I mean, how are you getting your message across of grace right now? Is it through your podcast primarily? And do you want to share maybe anything that you're doing in that space a little bit for others? The Lord has allowed me to write Bible studies that are really, they're marketed to women, but listen, anybody can be studying the Bible. <laughs> there's there's nothing inherently male or female about that, but um, I there's a Bible study that I wrote. I co-authored it with another woman who's a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary. Her name is Sue Edwards, and it's on the book of Galatians. And Galatians is all about understanding grace, understanding the grace of God. And it is, if, if this is something that you're interested in digging into a little bit more and really starting to understand, okay, how do I read the Old Testament, the law, the 10 commandments through the lens of the cross? How, like, so is it just like, it doesn't matter anymore or does it matter? Or what does it mean that Christ, Jesus says, I have not come to abolish the law, but I've come to fulfill it. So what does that mean? Galatians is a great book to start in. It's only six chapters long. It's a shorter book and we unpack and go through all of that. And you will have a great understanding of the difference between living under law and living under grace. That's probably the main place that I have been able to clearly articulate this message. Um, But really any of my Bible studies, you're going to get this over and over and over again, because I think it's all over scripture. That's all I read is God's love and his kindness towards us and his long suffering with us and how much he loves us. The fact that he sent his son Jesus to die for us. These are things that I just see all over the place. So any Bible study that you will do of mine, you will hear about the grace of God. You will hear about your forgiveness, 100% forgiveness um, through your faith. You will hear about those things. Um, so yes, those are those are a couple of the ways that I'm getting my message out. As far as my podcast goes, I mean, it does come out because again, it's just, it's, it's just who I am. So it, it comes out through the scripture meditations and then conversations with people about those particular passages. And so you'll hear me talk about it there too. You know, Jody, um, there are some people that just have such a hard time with self-forgiveness, you know, from sin. They have yet to forgive themselves for, you know, things that have transpired and decisions. I know, I, I will say the a lot of women who've had abortions that I know, some have struggled with the ability to forgive themselves for that act and can't go forward. They're stuck. They're really stuck. They just can't give themselves the grace that God gives, even though God gives that forgiveness. And do you have some ministering words for women that may have, you know, lots of women who have had struggles with forgiving themselves and receiving the grace that God has for them for making decisions to end the life of of their babies. Well, my heart breaks for every woman that feels stuck in the sin of their past. 
the word that comes to mind is you are stuck in shame. And and shame is actually believing you are that person, not that you did something. So the difference between shame and conviction, let's say shame is believing, no, I did this terrible thing. And so now I am a terrible person. That's the voice of shame. That's the voice of the enemy. And he's he binds us up with lies that he just whispers over and over and over. Oh, don't forget you did that. Don't forget you're a terrible person. Don't forget, don't forget. And when we break those binds, those those shackles of shame, um, we can move into a place of conviction, which is acknowledging, you know what? I did do something that I should not have done that I wish I could undo, but, but I can't go back. There is no rewind button on life. All I can do is move forward. So I need to lay that at the foot of the cross, receive Jesus's forgiveness, let that wash over me, believe that I am still a beloved daughter of God. Nothing I can do will take that from him. Believe that there will be a day that I will be reunited with that child in heaven because that is our loving father. He has snatch that child up straight into his arms and you don't have to doubt that for a minute and you will have a beautiful loving reunion there will be no shame in heaven either you know that that will not be a complicated reunion it will just be beautiful and glorious and so I just think we have to um, be in God's word read through um, read into the New Testament let the words of scripture just wash over your heart um, truth about who he is. Lamentations say his mercies new every morning. It's more than just every morning, though. It's every moment. It's 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 the the author is saying it's just new all the time. And so as soon as those lies come in, it's starting to recognize what the enemy's voice sounds like and what our God's voice sounds like. And so when those lies come in, having a scripture that you can say, no, that is not true. It's for grace that I have been saved, not by anything that I've done or not done. So you can start telling truth to those lies. Find some scripture, post it on your bathroom mirror, put it on your screensaver on your phone, tape it up in your car, wherever you need to know the words and the truth of God so that when the lies of the enemy come, you can tell them you are not welcome here anymore because those are not true things to be spoken over me. The other thing I would say is, you know, there is real trauma that has happened in our lives when these types of things happen. And you do need a safe place to process that. You need someone to help you walk through that. So yes, telling truth to the lies is a very important part, but there's also a lot of real things that have happened to our brain through trauma. So I would also say, if you can afford a counselor, please go to a good counselor and talk it through. If you can't find a pastor who will sit with you and walk it through that way, figure out some way that you can process this pain and grief that you are shouldering so that you can actually move into a new day. Um, And you can start being the person that God is inviting you to be. He doesn't want you stuck there. Only the enemy wants you stuck there because then you're ineffective for the kingdom. (laughs) Um, And that's a great win for the enemy (laughs) and a loss for the rest of us because we're missing out on your gifts and, and the beautiful person that God's created you to be. And, um, and we need you. So that's, those are some things 
would say. That's so powerful and that's so beautiful. And I just had to bring that because, you know, there's a lot of people that I know and in my circle, there's all kinds with trauma and, you know, sin, guilt, shame, all those things that are struggling and trying to overcome these things to move forward in their life. And that's another reason why I'm doing what I'm doing here in this ministry so that we can break those chains off women who walk in those strongholds and in bondage and aren't walking in the full freedom that Jesus has. So you're a testament and I'm a testament and there's many out there, but I just wanted to bring that to the listening audience so you could minister and they could hear, you know, how God has used you in this area. So I really, really appreciate that. It's so significant. We're getting ready to wrap this wonderful conversation up. And uh, I just would love for you to share, you know, how you can be reached, Jody, for those that want to reach out to you. Can you share? Yeah, well, the easiest way to find me is just on my website, which is jodynisnik.com, J-O-D-I-E-N-I-Z-N-I-K. And there's links to my podcast, links to my books, ways to just reach out and connect with me, um, join my newsletter. I send out little thoughts about scripture um, and just life. And so that's definitely a place to get connected. Awesome. Is there a favorite Bible translation that you like? Mm, I'm an NIV are you, are you cool girl. Oh, you are? You're <laughs> no, an NIV girl? I am an NIV girl. I... I definitely have favorites. Um, I also really am loving the message right now. Um, I read the Eugene Peterson biography and he is just a brilliant pastor who was so faithful to God and knew Greek and Hebrew really well. And so his, his translation has really come to life for me. It's a paraphrase. It's not a Bible you study for the original languages, but it is a beautiful translation to just understand the heart of God. Um, and so I have been really enjoying that as well. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, so we have such a variety of listeners. I mean, now we're out there in 52 countries and we have listeners all over the world. I mean, it's crazy. And so, you know, some may not even have access to, you know, any hardly any technology or any Bibles or anything, you know, which is why I want to support the Bible Project because it's so needed. And I just am so grateful, at least for those one or two that are listening in different countries um, to my podcast, you know, the story they'll be listening to. So, you know, they're getting, I mean, there's such a hunger for the word of God and there's so much power, you know, so much power in it. So I really want to thank you again for taking your time today and sharing your God story with my listeners. And again, friends. We'll have this episode available to listen to on our website. And um, I really pray for all of you that are listening and that God will really uh, ignite in you this discovery of grace and learning to live in freedom because there's so much to be gleaned from that. And I think God really wants us all to walk in that way. So... Until the next show, friends, be heard and be healed.
Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org. 